Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gass, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining us today is our Education and Events Coordinator, Catherine Kinsey. Catherine, welcome. Thank you. So, Catherine, it's been a busy, busy, busy few weeks here. Uh, yes. Of course, with a petition drive, we, we couldn't get our podcast done on Friday, so we right. peeled you and myself <laughs> away from our emails yeah. and, and phones for just a few minutes here. Uh, so we'll talk about a petition drive. Uh, later on, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of judges uh, with some unexpected court rulings, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. um, but, but first, I think we should talk about the fact that uh, last week, Wednesday, we were at the Board of State Canvassers, and uh, we were having our petition to ban dismemberment abortions be um, checked over by them. Yeah, that's which was... Pretty exciting with how that went, I think. It's and it was really exciting. So they they check the the form to make sure it's correct and the uh, hundred word summary that has to appear on it. And uh, it was really exciting that they included they left the word dismemberment in the description because yeah. uh, we were worried about that for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, the other side in the course of this, uh, they don't want to talk about the dismemberment abortion procedure. And of course, our legislation that we're working on with this petition drive is to ban dismemberment abortions in Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, that's the simplest way to describe it. That's the term the United States Supreme Court has used to describe it. Uh, that's what's in the legislation. Um, so at the Board of Canvassers meeting, uh, someone from the other side got up and basically said that uh, the word D and E should be put in there, which is dilation and evacuation. Mm -hmm. um, so, Catherine, if you came up to someone on the street and you said you wanted to ban dilation and evacuation, what are the odds that that person would have any clue what you're talking about? Pretty much almost zero. Maybe one person. Maybe, yeah, maybe a one percent <laughs> chance. One out of a hundred. Yeah. Um, now, if you walked up to someone and said, I want to ban dismemberment abortions... What's the chance that a person at least get a good idea of what we're, yeah, we're they, talking about? Yeah, they would get a much better idea. A little higher. Yeah. Um, and so the summary is important because it's right there on the petition. A lot of people might not read it, but a lot of people do uh, if they are wondering what's this petition all about. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very important that it's put up there. And it's really critical that it was uh, dismemberment because, you know, if you actually look at the bill text, you know, D&E doesn't appear in the bill text. Right. You can't really ban the name of something. You have to ban what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if we ban D&E abortions and the other side comes up with a new moniker for them that makes even that's right. even more euphemistic, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't... That's not how legislation works. Right. Um, and so the other side doesn't get to put their talking points in our yeah. petition drive. Yes. Yes. So that's good. And that's very critical because what that means is now that we have the petition approved and we know the Board of Campsers has given their blessing to it, um, well, blessing's yeah. a strong word, <laughs> especially when two of those, uh, two of the members of the Board of Canvassers are, are pretty much probably pro-abortion. Yeah. It probably pained them a lot to give us the yes. green light. Yeah. Uh, but they did the right thing mm -hmm. and they did their job. Uh, and so that means we can go to the printers. Yes. And we can print 
A lot of petitions. Thousands of petitions already. <laughs> so it's been it's been busy, Catherine. Oh, What's yeah. it been like in the last few days? Then people know that it's getting real close it's to collecting time. Just been yeah, it's been crazy. I think we're all going crazy to some extent here. <laughs> yeah, you know when we did the 2013 petition drive, which was no taxes for abortion insurance, and that was mm -hmm. to stop. Uh, Obamacare from throwing abortion into every health insurance plan automatically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got that done before the 180 days. and We right. had our, you know, cushion of signatures. Um, but I just don't remember it. I mean, well, first of all, there weren't all these little uh, curveballs thrown at us, right. like rule changes and whatnot. But, well, I don't remember people just beating down our door uh, yeah. as we try to, before we were even ready to start collecting signatures. I know. But, um... We have hundreds of requests already for tens of thousands of petitions. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, we've had people almost like, not being mad at us, but being yeah. like, where's the petitions? We want <laughs> to go. Is it? Let's go. Yes. Uh, so if you are one of those people that has contacted <laughs> us and asked for a petition, you know, please be it's patient. Coming. Yes. We're printing them right now. Uh, we're printing hundreds and thousands of petitions. And um, once we do that, we'll get to all the orders. You know, um, we don't have uh, an omnipotent staff member who can um, manifest the petitions at your right. door. So we have to <laughs> mail them and, and go through all that on top of all the other pro-life stuff that we do here in the office. So mm -hmm. please bear with us. Um, and one thing I, I want to add, it's very important for people to remember, mm -hmm. is you can't copy petitions. Oh, yes. Yes, that's important. They are legal documents. You can't run to... Who makes copies these days? Your copy. Is there a Kinko's anymore? Your copy. Staples. Staples. Um, so you can't run over there and photocopy a bunch. These are legal documents. Even the printer who's making them for us has to sign an affidavit saying that he followed all the state requirements. Because mm. uh, the Secretary of State's office is going to have to come back and check these petitions right. to make sure we have enough signatures. Uh, which we will have because yes. our volunteers are awesome and we check every signature when it comes in so we know exactly how many we have mm -hmm. and uh, we're very sophisticated with that yes we are, we are the weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah not just because we slept at a holiday Inn uh, the other night so yeah we're <laughs> experts at this um, we're having a uh, I think we're kicking off and starting collecting signatures on Wednesday uh, the 26th here uh, we're just going to have uh, a, a press conference um, this week uh, just announcing it and um, all the other organizations that are with us on this, you know. Uh, it's not just Right to Life of Michigan and our affiliates around the state. There's mm -hmm. other groups uh, that are pro-life or they are involved in a lot of things and that happens to include pro-life issues. They're getting involved. Um, don't want to, you know, start naming them off in advance right. before they can formally <laughs> declare their support. but. Uh, you know, we're going to have a ton of people out there. Uh, we need 10,000 uh, signature gatherers to collect 400,000 signatures. So we're excited yeah, to get going. Definitely. It's been a long and strange, <laughs> windy road for this one. Yeah. Usually it's like clockwork. We have a plan and we work the plan. But this one, we've had a lot of curveballs, yeah. but we just, we we'll keep going. We'll still get it done. That's yeah. right. We'll still get it done. Well, if you have any questions about the petition drive or you want to get involved or whatnot, you can go to the website for that, which is michigandvalueslife.org. And uh, you can order petitions there. All the instructions are on there. 
um, you know, if you're listening to this and you really don't like our idea for a petition drive and you really oppose it, um, I'm sorry. Just keep in mind, you, you, you know, please don't harass petition gatherers while they're out there. Please be polite. You know, Right to Life of Michigan has never, uh, never done that uh, to uh, any person who supports abortion out there. So right. uh, just a little reminder about that. Um, do we anything else we want to talk about with petition drive? People are going to get sick of it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. But we have to make people sick of hearing about it if we're going to collect 400,000 yeah, signatures. Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about a couple of court cases that are uh, big deals mm -hmm. and uh, unexpected. Yeah. So the first one is uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and that is the uh, Court of Appeals over on the West Coast. Uh, they are uh, particularly known for being the, uh, in general, the most uh, democratic-leaning or progressive court. Mm -hmm. uh, they will often be uh, that court out there in this in this Trump era of trying to hold up uh, President Trump, or even you know, for many many years in the past, right. uh, they they have a very bad reputation overall with the Supreme Court uh, overturning them. Yes, but as a surprise. Um, last week, they upheld uh, President Trump's Protect Life rule. Yeah. And it's a, it was... It's a miracle! Yeah. <laughs> it's, a Christmas, it's a Christmas in June miracle. <laughs> yeah. And it was, what, unanimous, right? It was. Uh, so the Protect Life rule is... Uh, what, what President Trump did is he took some Reagan-era rules that never really got enforced because uh, the other side held it up in, for court uh, for so long. Basically, uh, you know, Title X, which is the program that all the family planning money through our government is distributed, Planned Parenthood gets a huge chunk of that, tens of millions of dollars. And Title X was written to say that they can't use it on supporting abortion. Yeah. And that's how the law was written. That's the intent. In practice, you know, Planned Parenthood does a little accounting gimmick. So um, you have room with staff that they've just finished an abortion and then they bring in another patient and then they pay for Title X stuff in the same room with the same staff yeah. and the Title X patient leaves and then they bring an abortion patient in and um, there's no meaningful separation between what's supposed to be uh, family planning um, dollars and per abortion. So right. it's, it's paying to keep the building going, it's paying for the staff, it's paying mm -hmm. to keep the lights on, on and it's just an accounting gimmick. Right, right. Well... Uh, President uh, Trump's Protect Life rule said no more accounting gimmick. Uh, it revived a Reagan-era rule and said you just can't do that. They have to be there has to be actual meaningful separation. Mm -hmm. That was what the understanding of Congress was when they passed the law authorizing Title X. And what we have now is uh, a, a cruel mockery of mm -hmm. what the actual intent of Congress uh, and the elected officials were in this. So uh, it, it was immediately taken to court by the other side, which uh, mm -hmm. is, uh, we're no strangers to, happens right. to everything, right. um, large and small. And it's very interesting because the United States Supreme Court has already ruled on these rules, basically. Yeah. So they actually upheld the uh, Reagan era rules. And when they did that, uh, they did it just at the end of George H.W. Bush's presidency. So Clinton came in and the rule never really got enforced. Mm -hmm. But the United States Supreme Court said that, yes, this is constitutional. I mean, right. that's what this is the, right. how Congress wrote the law. 
you know, uh, the president merely enforcing the law as he is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Congress writes the laws, the president enforces the laws. There's nothing unconstitutional about it. Right? Right. I mean, <laughs> and so even, even the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals had to unanimously say, well, Supreme Court precedent, yeah. you know, uh, now, I've read the Constitution, Catherine. Have you read the Constitution? Uh-oh. Well, don't recently. answer that. Don't answer that question. <laughs> we'll put you in trouble here. Um, is there a section in it that says Planned Parenthood is entitled to taxpayer dollars? Uh, I, I know that one. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's, there's no section of the Constitution that says that uh, the president should ignore Congress and automatically give money to Planned Parenthood. Because uh, Planned Parenthood is the best thing ever. It's yeah. not in the Constitution yeah. anywhere. Uh, the United States Supreme Court has ruled otherwise, and the case was Rust versus Sullivan. And so the Ninth Circuit Court simply said, "Well, we, you know, reading the Constitution here, <laughs> uh, reading the Supreme Court precedent, boom." Yeah. However, I have to say, I'm still surprised. Yeah, I uh, mean, it doesn't always work that way. No, my experience with this issue is uh, a judge doesn't care what the Constitution says. If he supports abortion, personally, right. he doesn't care what the Constitution says. He doesn't care what the law says. He doesn't care about anything other than keeping abortion going. Yeah, yeah. A case in point is that, uh, that case in Missouri, where Missouri has one abortion clinic left, and it's a Planned Parenthood clinic. And it has been cited for dozens of uh, multiple health code violations right. and problems and a really terrible list of those. And not only is the judge preventing the state from shutting down this abortion facility, but it uh, just issued a ruling uh, sealing those records so people can't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So, Catherine, could you imagine um, keeping a restaurant with multiple health code violations <laughs> open no. and then not letting customers know that the, the, you know, the chefs aren't washing their hands, like the Planned Parenthood uh, employees aren't properly, or the cooking equipment isn't properly sterilized, like the surgical equipment <laughs> that this Missouri Planned Parenthood is? Yeah, no. You know, it, it's funny. They think they have their own special set of rules, or they, they think there are no rules, mm -hmm. and they don't care, and it's just so depressing. It really is. Very depressing. It is. Well, we'll see what happens with the uh, United. If I'm the United States Supreme Court, it should be open and shut. We've already ruled on this. Yeah. The appeals court's been unanimous. Let the Trump administration enforce the Protect Life rule. The law is the law. Right. If you don't like the Title Ten law that says that abortion needs to be separate, then you change Title Ten law. Stop cheating. Yeah. That's all we're saying. <laughs> Just don't cheat. Right. That shouldn't be too much to ask, should it, Catherine? I hope not. I hope not. Okay. Well, let's go overseas for uh, another case, and um, this one was a bit more shocking. So a judge in the United Kingdom ruled that a woman who uh, is mentally disabled, uh, the news coverage has said she has maybe the um, mental capacity of an eight or nine-year-old, I saw, mm -hmm. who's pregnant, uh, a judge ruled that she has to be forced to have an abortion. So, uh, and this is, goes against what the, uh, the disabled woman believes. She wants to keep the child. Her mother mm -hmm. uh, wants her to have the child, and the mother has promised to take care of the child. So it's mm -hmm. not like the, uh, this unborn child will, um, have no... you know, right. that, that talking point I've heard recently, oh, they're going to grow up in an orphanage and they're better off dead, which yeah. is not a yeah. very good not talking point. Not good in point. the first place, no. no. Um, but that's what a judge ruled. 
And so uh, it got a lot of attention um, today, Monday. Mm -hmm. Happy to report, it seems that an appeals court in the UK has overturned the judge's decision. Um, so that's good. But I think, uh, you know, just that original decision itself, you know, there's a couple important things to highlight. So how would that forced abortion work, Catherine? I don't know. It's, it's just... It's crazy to me. Yeah, but yeah. The, so th imagine the mechanics for a second. You have this woman who, okay, so maybe she has the mental capacity of an eight and, or nine-year-old. Catherine, I have a seven-year-old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seven-year-olds are probably not wise enough to sign on to a bank mortgage or, uh, or do a great many things. But a seven-year-old is, uh, is a fairly... Yeah. Basic understanding of how the world works, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Right. So, could you imagine holding down a uh, a nine year old girl, and right. um, you know, forcing her to do something she doesn't want to do? Now, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if you're putting your shoes on, you're getting ready to go. That's that's one thing. Yeah. But um, you know, we're talking the taking the life of a human being. So, as a doctor prepared. To, are they prepared to literally strap her down and forcibly inject her with anesthesia right. in order to take the life of the child? I mean, what are the, how are the mechanics, no how would that have worked? I don't think it would have. Really. Well, you know how they do forced abortions in China is yeah. they, you know, they abduct them and then they shoot them with anesthesia and then they do the abortion and then they let the woman, um, you know, I've seen photos where they put the body of the baby on the bed as a kind of a warning. See what happens when you cross the right. authorities. Yeah. That's in China. Mm -hmm. Now, the United Kingdom, supposedly not a right. uh, communist, one-party, totalitarian state. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how a forced abortion would go in the United Kingdom. Um, but another critical aspect of this is the abortion issue is often presented to us as, well, it's almost always presented to us as an issue of choice yeah. and women's bodily autonomy. Yeah. Catherine, does forcing a woman to have an abortion respect her bodily autonomy? No. I mean, it goes against everything they talk about, pretty much. Right. If she and her mom are choosing life, then isn't that being pro-choice? I would think so. And since it's sad that so many people support abortion because the child won't be, um, you know, won't be supported and is going to grow up poor and apparently growing up poor is worse than death itself. Um, this child is going to be taken care of by the mother, right? Right. I, I don't see. So, so what's the argument for an abortion here? I don't even know. I mean, what was... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the judge said that uh, causing having the child would cause this uh, disabled woman uh, emotional, trauma. mental trauma. Yeah. And so that's why we have to have an abortion. Yeah. Even though she was saying she did not want that. Right. Yeah. No, maybe she's not legally capable for making decisions for herself because of her, her mental capacity. Um, but, uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it, you know, they, they put choice out there, but I think that is just sort of a, uh, a convenient, 
<clears throat> word because it's what is the choice we're talking about? I think the core of abortion is don't want to have to deal with a baby. Right. Yeah. That's that's definitely that's it. Right. Now, and, and maybe I, I can certainly understand the sentiment if if you're in a difficult situation, uh, if your parents would be ex extremely angry at you, uh, if there's a financial burden. Mm -hmm. It'll be placed on you or a time constraint or uh, it'll affect your career, education. I understand all those reasons why a person would approach an unplanned pregnancy from a position of, um, you know, it, this is going to perhaps harm me in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, but it's an entire leap from this is going to affect me negatively to... Let's rip the arms and legs off of a human being. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the other part of abortion, the other half of it is we don't want to care for a baby. And because we can't see the baby, we can pretend the baby doesn't exist. Right. So in most cases, uh, if you had a child who was uh, two months old and uh, causing mental distress for the woman and... Um, uh, causing an economic impact on her, infecting mm -hmm. her sleep, affecting her career, all the things that unplanned pregnancy might do. Um, is it okay to rip the arms and legs off of a two-month-old baby? No. No. Uh, is it okay to do that to a child who was born prematurely at 35 weeks? No. Is it legal to do that to a child at 35 weeks in the womb? Yes. And if the only argument that you have is, well, it's because of bodily autonomy, well, okay, then um, are, you, are you over there? Are you going to fly over to Britain and protest this judge and have him tossed out because he's disrespecting women's autonomy? I mean, they should. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to speak for everyone who supports abortion. I certainly don't do that. Uh, and I know people fall all over the spectrum on it. But I have to imagine that there would be an awful lot of people who support abortion, especially the hardcore people who are involved in the movement, mm -hmm. um, who would not be troubled. Yeah. Because they, too, might think that that woman uh, who is disabled just can't deal with it. Yeah. And, and that's kind of at the core of, of abortion is a woman well, can't handle can't a baby. It. it really is. That's always kind of what it comes down to. Um. You know, I, I've had a lot of situations where people just, uh, you know, they excuse the inexcusable. Um, I remember once I was at a graduation open house, and they're talking about uh, China, and this lady was, uh, you know, approving of China's one-child policy. Really? And this is the woman who might say that she supports bodily autonomy in women's mm -hmm. choice, but here she is because, you know, thinking, oh, China is so full of Chinese people that... We have to get rid of more Chinese people. And so the one-child policy is great because it stops there being more Chinese people. Yeah, wow. I'm sure that lady has no idea of the terrible forced, like the thing that I described that happens in China with forced abortions um, right. and whatnot. But uh, some people just don't, they don't put two and two together. Yeah. And, and you know, so they, they come up with these legal justifications when it's, oh, there's too many people. Mm -hmm. uh, poor people, they're better off dead. I don't want to care. I don't want to take care of a baby. Um, mm. It's 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 very sad. It is. I'm trying to think of a, you know other situations. You know, we mentioned that most people, you know, you should oppose a two month old being torn apart limb right. from limb. But Catherine, 
the, there, there's, I saw that poll the other day where the support for the infanticide of disabled infants is actually quite high. I mean, it's not a majority, right. but there are there, there probably there do, are tens and tens there. of millions yeah. of Americans who think it's totally okay to euthanize a disabled child after birth. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> I mean, the 20th century, hello? Yeah. I mean, how many times does the human race have to learn this lesson? Apparently... Too many. <laughs> Way too Rhetorical many. question. All the time. Uh, all the time. Um, and so the uh, that judge, his decision was overruled by an appeals court. Um, and so hopefully that sticks. But you never know. Um, we, we live in this strange, weird society where we talk about how everyone is valuable and everyone's choices are all equally valuable and that's all great. But then we get to issues like abortion and, uh, you know, the disabled are the first on the chopping block. And um, if it seems to benefit society, some people who talk about choice until they're blue in the face are willing to chuck it overboard. Right. Um, and yeah. I think that just shows you where the support for abortion really is. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who support abortion because they think it's an issue of choice and bodily autonomy. But uh, in practice, it just doesn't end up that way. Yeah. Once you start disrespecting human life, it's hard to, that's Pandora's box. Once you open yep. it, it's hard to close it again. Definitely. All right. Well, that's all we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks, and maybe you'll see us out there collecting signatures. Yeah. All right. Have a good week. Have a good rest of your week, and then have a wonderful 4th of July.